0: All right, greetings, listeners, from all corners of wherever. You're listening to the Esports Asia Weekly podcast. I think this is episode 16. Uh, you're listening to one former esports sellout and a current esports sellout because Yuji has abandoned me uh, and forced me to record while I'm sick. Uh, so instead, I am joined by Grandin Gamer Nissan. Oh, Nissan. Is
1: that your name? <laughs> Have we met? Uh, I think so. I I believe we have indeed met. Uh, and I think that is also my name. Yes,
0: that is your name. I had to double check your surname as well. I was so used, to- I thought it was actually Nissim. Um, <laughs> and well, what do you what do you do other than casting? What do you do?
1: Wow, nothing. Other than casting, not exactly. I, yeah, just not exactly. Yeah. I've done.
0: Uh, how many games have you cast? Just curiously, so not not total number, but like different esport
1: titles. Oh wow. Um, I've brief. I've had brief stints with a couple of games at their peak, stuff like PUBG. Mm. I did a major for that in Hong Kong. Um, but primarily, I mainly focus, I guess, on Riot titles, especially on League and Wild Rift and the like.
0: Yeah, and that's your most recent work and upcoming work, right, is Wild Rift.
1: Yeah, there's been a number of things that are in the, the pipeline for Wild Rift, especially in Southeast Asia, which is honestly amazing because uh, League has had a much less of an uptake here. Yeah. so wild river has been something that's been nice it's been a breath of fresh air for breath, the industry, all right
0: I think. all right we get so you've got your knee pads on for right we get it we
1: get oh it. yeah they're, they're, they're keeping
0: the lights on for you we no, well, get
1: it. i would do it without knee pads too you know if well, say well okay
0: i don't know what bun's preference is but anyway moving on we've got a couple of interesting stories this week and what better one to start off with than wild rift and oh the lack of competitive integrity um which has shown up now the crux of this story is a uh, player for army hunt esports um was 16 when the cutoff was 17 i believe that's that's the essential idea behind it um but what makes this one kind of interesting is there is an article from june the 7th of june and this was actually brought to our attention previously and it actually calls this out um and i just sent you a link there but it really did look like bullshit like this this website kind of just looks like a say whatever to get clicks thing and it, it contained a lot of accusations including map hacking um but it did lead with the line that hyper Game source told um also told that army is using an underage player allegedly the team has a 16 year old minor playing for the team um so it's funny that this actually did come out initially Um, But it was just presented in such like a tabloid way that I don't think anyone initially thought it was true. So that's why it was kind of a shock to see that competitive ruling come out more than a month after that article um, to say that, yes, um, Carl Ken Bautista, aka Amy Carl, um, was actually underage and not just underage, but using a forged document um, to... to, present his false age did you is this was he playing in games that you covered as well is this from that event Uh,
1: yes he he was playing in the entirety of the summer super cup he was their baron laner the top lane and uh i could see why they they were so adamant having him you know he had a lot of standout games and he definitely performed on that stage so it makes sense why they really wanted to have him. But now looking back at it in hindsight, you know, it's a little bit crazy, right? Because they, mm. right, initially launched an investigation and the forged documents were legitimate enough that they kind of dismissed the idea. Mm. But they came back again because, you know, people were insisting, yeah, they, these guys are hacking. Um, they have Carl that's underaged. Uh, the map hacks turned out to not be legitimate, but him being underage was. And that's just crazy to me. You know, it's mm. it, it's such a, it's such a, bad representation for what they want to do as well and i know that the audience has been kind of divided because there are a lot of people that like yeah you know it's a it was a mistake you know they just really wanted to, to do this certain thing they wanted to do good for the region and there's the other side of the community that goes like well they're just kind of sorry now that they got caught I'm i'm kind of torn between which side i i, I believe in why couldn't
0: you tell casting like you didn't have any feeling and this guy feels he's like 16 year old plays
1: <laughs> You know, this is like, it's like being a, a sommelier, right? Like, I'm supposed to be able to, like, smell the gameplay, should, taste the yeah, gameplay, I and I should know, like, mm. you, this, this guy, this guy plays like he's 16 years old from the Philippines region. I can't quite say which sub-region, but definitely yeah. from the Philippine region. Um, What else is there? Yeah, he he had he had a fish on Friday for dinner. You know, is that is that what I'm supposed to be able to do as a caster?
0: Well, I mean, I'm just saying I kind of hold you responsible. Oh, for of course. Now. Of course interesting things um the uh carl himself is it's a nine month ban um not so bad to be honest considering in nine months he's probably going to be 17 um (laughs) so it really seems like the hammer hasn't come down too hard on him um if you put it in that context um former team manager 12 month ban and i believe it's the former team manager who um the organization has pointed the finger at uh francis mariano the team owner is indefinite ban definite ban Uh, um it will be eligible to apply for reinstatement after two years so he can try again that's really interesting to me that the team owner is the one getting the indefinite ban fun fact before this happened like during the cup uh francis like added me on facebook and then when i was looking up his statement um for this topic um i saw that he had unfriended me and like removed his profile picture so i don't know what's happening there um I didn't message you or anything like that. Um, but I did want to look at their team state uh, because it kind of puts the entire blame manager. Just real quick, I don't believe for a second that the owner of a small Team isn't familiar with the fucking day to day. Like, like you know, if you're an owner of a small team, I'm I'm quite sure that you know everything that's going on. Uh, I it, I find it very hard to believe that a manager wouldn't tell the owner like, hey, this is kid's really good, but he's underage. Um, I just you know just don't believe it. But anyway, Army Hunt Esports in their statement um, started with an apology. Uh, you know, oh, we're fortunate to play, um, but they said oversight of mismanagement within our organization rego- resulted in his documents being forged by the terminated manager. So he's the owner who was indefinitely banned said, no, no, the manager did it all. He forged the documents and he's fired. Um, As an organization, we take full responsibility for this and a um You know, like, what do you make of this? Do you think it makes sense that the biggest ban has gone to the owner and the smallest band, the player that actually broke the rule.
1: Well, I I have to kind of put a little faith in the investigation here as to what they kind of came up with. Um, you know, it kind of feels like one of those situations where, like, you know, you could have the owner say, "Yeah, I don't care; he's underage." Find some way to make it work. And the manager kind of misinterprets that as, "Let me just forge his age documents, then, and then have him play because my boss wants you to play no matter what, right?" Mm. So this could be one of those situations where the upper management wants something out the manager, and so he's Kind of takes matters into his own hands. I think it says says that he's been terminated from Amihan, and Amihan has also had to repay all of the uh, the winnings that they've made from the from Wild Drift, which is actually quite substantial. Ooh. You know, in in the the scheme of things, uh, Wild rift Esports has actually had a pretty substantial prize pool considering compared to a lot of the other tournaments that we see in the region. Yeah. And to have to give all of that back is, uh, I think, quite a, a a nasty blow to the. Young
0: now i suppose one redeeming factor of this you can't redeem the forging of like federal documents that might be like an actual crime yeah, <laughs> <in the Philippines. laughs> but, yeah. but honestly the the actual in-game offense which is like playing as a 16 year old versus a 17 year old i don't give a shit about that. i know it's a rule and they have to play by the rules but do you care that's like like if it was map hacking win trading i would care if it's like I'm I'm six months younger than I should be. Do, do you really think that it's like it's like nefarious to do that?
1: Oh, I wouldn't necessarily think it's nefarious. I, I do think they have to maintain some consistency with the rule set, but apart from that, you know, it, it really just de- did seem like some kids were overzealous and really wanted to play the game together, and, and kind of led them to make some bad decisions. Yeah, so that's that's why I'm split. I I don't know mm. where to which side to believe in the community. You know, I was in
0: split, is... but now I'm split too. Now actually, yeah, right. you know, Bun is the bad guys. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've landed. I've split, but I've landed. Rider, right, uh, evil, um, attacking a 16-year-old. No, no, I'm kidding, of course. But um, it is interesting. Obviously... To, to forge documents is pathetic. Like, you, all you've done is put the player at risk, you're all at risk and yourself at risk of being exposed for massive frauds. The last thing esports needs, specifically esports in Southeast Asia and Philippines, is a more open lack of integrity on display for everybody to see. Um, it's mm-hmm. overwhelming and it consistently leaves a bad taste in people's mouth when they enter esports. It's just how dodgy all these fuckers are day to day. Stop doing it. Stop it. Everyone stop it. Um, now, <laughs> moving on.
1: Tell me about this Counter-Logic Gaming thing,
0: because I actually don't know that much about it, but I can see it's like a very um, popular story.
1: Oh, wow. Um, so, Counter-Logic Gaming, a couple... I think I think at this point it has to be maybe a week, two weeks ago, mm. released a video... The, this kind of um you know it's one of those documentary style um get to know your team better type videos and at one section of the video you can kind of see the coach talk to the team and at that point he he mentions like hey if you guys don't give me like a 30 30 win like three wins no losses kind of week um we're gonna start switching out the roster you know hmm. and it's so painful painful to see. And I think for a lot of the community, what the outrage was, was you've had such an established organization. There was a point where of logic Gaming were the team winning um, the NA LCS. You know, you have players like Doublelift coming from from this team, and you had such a, a long-standing fan base to see them make these kind of uh, decisions to, to kind of go and say, like, hey, you know, if you don't perform, you're going to lose your job you know effectively is what they're saying right and i think that was so painful for a lot of the viewers to see i don't think anybody can respect that kind of threat coming through uh especially when the players just want to play a good game
0: but isn't the like okay so is the anger towards just like what actually happened or is it towards the fact that it was like sponsored content um especially for beer like is that is that what people are mad at or are they just mad that like a coach straight up says to him you know if you don't o this yep you're, you're fucked get out
1: oh man i feel like there's so many things that have come in building in, in, in the pipeline for clg at this point um and people have kind of wanted to see a lot of of stuff change for the team and this is just yeah, one of the hi- things that they felt like was a, a breaking point hmm. it it didn't really help you know that uh they've been underperforming and they haven't been able to to give back to the the, the fans into the audience and so when they see something like this it's, you know, it's just kind of one of the things that's exasperated uh exasperated the issue as opposed to I don't think that this in it by itself i mean it's, it's a bad it's a bad lighting light for sure right you don't want to have like this kind of uh thing represent the organization and i think that you see guys like hotshot gg uh, uh post about it afterwards again uh, recalling his time with clg you know it's it's not the way that you want things to be viewed and i think it's more so the direction clg has been in moving towards than uh than it's been this specific issue especially
0: i'm gonna flip i'm flipping um i think this video is totally fine uh and i think this is exactly Exactly. I mean, okay. Obviously, there is some level of people getting pissed off that it's, like, a sponsored thing for Bud Light and that it, like, Mm. cuts to a, you know, this is the cooldown segment by Bud Light. Um, But I'm a firm believer that any any content that I want to consume in eSports is giving me more access to a team and its players. Now, a reason to object to this would be if this was only that dramatic because it was sponsored content, right? So if they're like... If they adjusted the way they treated players to help meet advertising deliverables, then that is obviously terrible. Um, But... Just because it hurts to see that, like, isn't that what you want to see? Like, you want to see the reality? You want to see, like, I don't know, like, tell me your opinion on it. Like, don't you think that, like, seeing a heartbreaking moment or, like, a harsh reality is good content?
1: I... I mean, yeah, I get that it's it's supposed to be content, but I don't think that that's what anybody really wants. You know, there, there are ways to build a narrative and ways to build a story. I don't think that kind of putting a, a a blatant blatant like threat to the players, especially in front of like a live in front of a well, not exactly a live audience, but a, for an audience to see. Mm. i don't think anybody can kind of appreciate that regardless if it was sponsored or not if even if it were purely um an endemic like their own personal content without any form of um of yeah. outside uh, engagement and it's purely just for their for their fans i don't think anybody could appreciate that especially their fans well their fans do not want to see it right so
0: my point is like let's say that discussion happens one way or another if that is the case then i want it recorded <laughs> if i'm supporting a team and i think the coach and the management are like fucking over players that i really care about um then i'm glad to have seen it because at least now i know what's happening and, and and the situation the players are in um so personally i think it's it's good um and if i was part of a content team for a team i would love to show like the worst possible moments that a team faces <laughs> because i it, it to me it's access that gives you amazing content not not just memes all the time and um if i see one more esports team whose entire content plan is just pasting their logo over different fucking memes um i'm gonna lose my mind are we, are we, gonna f- oh, I mean- are we splitting this one you're you're against I'm for.
1: i yeah i guess so okay all right all right i mean that's uh, fine
0: uh, that's fine uh, um but either way cl- uh <laughs> clutch gaming Logic agrees with you because they've del- deleted the video um and apologize um
1: i think there's uh, an update as well um there have been some uh this some information being released that this is likely the last time that we will see this roster of five playing Mm. uh which go which kind of does mean that his quote unquote threat that is likely coming through and we might see this change in players um well regardless of for better for worse you know uh this is this is likely going to happen i think yeah okay uh, I think that's enough with CLG. Let's talk about our next topic, the Steam Deck being released. Uh, this is a pretty interesting one. And, uh, I'm not sure if you knew, but on the same day, I believe, the Steam Deck was also being updated. You know, the, uh, Elgato stream deck I think oh. they released a new version oh. on the same day but both of them are so similar that I think oh, the steam deck okay. absolutely crushed the stream deck SEO it, madness <laughs> I, that has to be the saddest day as a marketing uh, person ever Ooh. to release it and then get absolutely crushed by a product that steam deck, has stream virtually deck. the same name
0: dang don't you hate that well I mean the steam deck is an exciting
1: announcement anyway it, it really is right yeah or is it
0: nor uh, is it tell me is it exciting Are
1: you gonna buy one so i i am putting some thoughts into getting the the steam deck and so for those that are maybe not aware the steam deck is supposed to be steam's uh kind of idea into a portable computer and so it's supposed to be like a laptop but even lighter than that and so you have something that can be easily accessible from your hands and you can just use it while you're uh, in transit or or whatsoever you can plug in uh, a keyboard and mouse and monitor whatever you need to uh the issue with this Steam Deck, has, is that it is running a Linux-based system, so it's not running Windows, it's not Ooh, running Mac, and and it's Steam running OS, Linux. Right? Yeah, and because of that, I I think there were some. Uh, don't quote me on these numbers, but I think five out of the top ten Steam games cannot run on the Steam Deck because while the game itself can run, the anti-cheats cannot, and so you could launch the game but you cannot play it live that's
0: fair which enough which kind of um, beats
1: the purpose of having this this steam deck no
0: well i guess you gotta ask yourself do you think the the target market for this is people who are going to play online games, or is it going to be single place because i tend to feel with a handheld like this where it's like bringing over pc games that's probably going to target single-player games um, and I, I do like a lot of people are actually really appreciative of Steam's backing of Linux because they're like some of the only people out there who are like consistently supporting Linux uh, pushing Linux and I know know I love the nerds love that um, it's very interesting um, to me that it's like Steam is a store mm-hmm. and it's like I, I can't it's incredible like usually you know you would have a console or something and they have their store this is a store launching a console so you can play the games easier from their store like could you imagine like epic games put out like the epic console like it's unthinkable (laughs) um but steam is so embedded and so big that it's like we have our own os we have we publish our own games we have the biggest store and now we have a device both portable and docked um, which you could use just to use our stuff that's kind of a crazy step um 400 us dollars um makes it kind of competitive i suppose with like maybe not how much is the switch the switch is not that much right it's way less than that
1: um i think if you get the switch oled it's comparable mm. yeah because i Cause remember I the think...
0: switches were like, the prices got super inflated uh um, in southeast Asia, just as the lockdown happened
1: yeah uh i do i do think that oled probably can go for around 490 or uh, maybe it's special editions of it probably go for four ninety. okay five, uh, switch five, light f- is significantly cheaper the oled is
0: 539 australian dollars pre-order so that's that's oh, that's pretty close 400 us dollars uh yeah. it's in the neighborhood um i believe it's dual core four thread um processor it's an apu um from amd which funnily enough used zen 2 so last generation cpu but then rdna 2 on the gpu um which is the newer one which consoles also use um it, I just cannot believe that now an APU, a little CPU and a GPU and a die, can perfectly run like most steam games if it's just going to be like 720p something like that that's pretty crazy to me um but i mean it's just it's this gonna really be a hit like our pc gamers which is that's primarily steam's audience right pc gamers um are they gonna come over to like the handheld market and be like oh hey i just bought octopath traveler on steam i can play it on my handheld for an hour before i have to charge it
1: well i have to wonder where this is kind of going to go because well I do think that in theory the Steam Deck could have a, a potential market audience and it's not really the Switch, right? Because the Switch is its own thing. It yes, yeah. e- Switch exclusives, you know, it, it does things specific for a con for a handheld console. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Steam Deck is supposed to be all encompassing. It's supposed to I, I would think that it's more of a of a laptop competitor than it is to a, a, a console competitor, right? The way I do have issue with the Steam Deck is probably going to be in Steam support from it. Because from what I can tell, they don't exactly have the best track record for this kind of stuff. <laughs> no, they do not. So the Steam Deck, I believe they had the controller. All these things, you know, they were built to be competitors to whatever was popular at the time. And after a little while when it didn't pick up as much traction as they had hoped, they just kind of dropped it. Maybe with the Steam Deck, there could be enough uh, traction that, you know, it's reasonable for them to keep up with the support. But if it doesn't, you know, I don't quite see enough reason to splurge on, on this, this console specifically when you could just you know get a laptop for example
0: yeah yeah well i mean we'll we'll see there's some actually <laughs> so the switch to me was a fantastic especially when i was working in esports i had to do a lot of short travel in southeast asia mm-hmm. um you know like one hour two hour flights that was where the switch really shone for me um mm-hmm. so i can kind of see the appeal of saying like hey because this is linux based it has like a proper um cpu gpu like the fact that I can play some games on this on the plane, get to a hotel hotel room, and potentially, like, dock it with a wireless mouse and keyboard, um, and, and do some word processing and web browsing on it, that actually is kind of a selling point um, that I can think of. Uh, but we'll see. When people get hands on, you know, we'll see how it really performs. But I agree with you. The number one concern is how much Steam, uh involve themselves yes. <laughs> continue to support it over a long period of time um because they are like someone with adhd like they put all their energy and effort into this brand new thing and then they just like completely change focus and leave it in the dust um like with, artifacts right? with underlords and artifacts and you know yeah. anything yeah. else they've done recently um but yeah interesting <laughs> hopefully well, at least one of my friends buys it so i can i can check it out because it is an interesting thing sure. um now uh, moving on alan pung um, who everyone will know if you have used social media. Um, formerly from uh AirAsia, who was um sort of like the push behind they should be involved in esports there um AirAsia obviously suffered pretty badly in the pandemic um including a wonderful bit where they sold all of their customers data i believe to a u.s firm lovely stuff oh, wow. um anyway they had to scale back and i think oh, might have been a casualty there then went to evos um and to be honest i didn't expect his time at evos either like, he was there a long time um as a regional marketing manager i believe um for whatever reason that's changed now but he's now joined galaxy racer as the chief marketing. i so so sea level now um working his way up the ladder i don't really know much about galaxy racer i know they have a southeast asian dota team or they did i don't even know if they currently do um but they're dubai based so maybe they have that oil money that everybody wants um but anyway yeah yeah, yeah go on they
1: definitely have they definitely have some money because i know they ran some pretty big competitions before like pre-covid they they flew out talent, brought them into Dubai, ran like Go Gamer Festival and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think they, they actually have to have some money you because know, they they, they the also scale of did
0: it. a Fortnite tournament in Australia that just kind of came out of nowhere, and the prize money was like people were like, that's weird. Like, we don't get tournaments with prize money in Australia. What is this? It was super random. It was like, what? Galaxy Racer? What the hell is that? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess they, they have money, but Founders from Dubai. I'm sure that not everybody in Dubai is mega rich. Um, but he probably is. Uh, but anyway, let's see how Alan goes in a C-level marketing position. should be interesting. Um, now, finally, um quickly want to touch on and this is something that's been discussed quite a bit was Moonton um, versus Wild Rift and sort of rumors out there of Moonton saying that if you play in our leagues you have to be exclusive to Moonton, you can't play in other titles. This kind of got amplified when uh, John Yao, who is the the owner, uh, or at least the CEO, of Team Secret at the moment. And he did make uh, a bit of like a like soapbox social media post. Um saying that <laughs> we can see um, so it's kind of amusing that Mobile Legends teams are not allowed to have wild Rift divisions but in Mobile Legends itself EVOS can have 30 teams RSG can have 20 teams it can have 10 <laughs> teams etc so maybe some exaggeration there but I, I can see where he's coming from uh, I mean literally the regional competitions frequently have sister team versus sister team in the same tournament I'll just mention for the record that that happened in Dota and then they banned that um, which is far below global standards and it is you shouldn't have people from the same org playing against each other um cannot be good for a healthy ecosystem or competitive integrity standpoint even for orgs investing in multiple games is integral to survival so i hope ml is paying well enough to justify signing away exclusivity feel free to take shots at me now um That kind of kicked off all this um, discussion. Um, It has been clarified in some ways now. Um, The eSports Observer said a source told them that anyone can play in the leagues... But if you want to have commercial cooperation with Moonton, uh, which provides access to revenue incentives and other benefits, according to eSports Observer, that's an exclusive deal. And you, your brand, your team brand must be exclusive to MPL. Uh, now, Moonton themselves and when was I in Malaysia? This is going back to like 2018. But I remember meeting people from Moonton and they were like, look, we've grown so much faster than we, than we ever expected. And it's almost like they're always playing catch up with how big they've become. Uh, um but i mean like what is your take on this and you can i'm sure yeah i mean you've worked for moonton right no no
1: i have never worked at you've
0: never mlbb'd
1: <laughs> no i have never touched mlbb i don't believe it. i that's it, crazy isn't it i have um i don't want to say that i've actively avoided them but i do not have any real desire <laughs> for it to work work on mlbb like I don't have a well, if, you know. So it never really came as a as a thing that I wanted to do, and so I have never actually touched MLBBS on a broadcast before, even back end, you know, um, which is surprising. I I would I would think. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I I just assume that you have. <laughs> because it's almost <laughs> everyone else that i know who is a character has done it um and a lot of my friends in malaysia at some point had like casted mlbb and um, i know who i used to work with, like matthew he used to work with he was a regular for them and um, i don't remember ever hearing him like talk down about them um and i thought but their production was usually pretty good um what do you think about this uh is this is this dodgy by uh moon ton
1: oh it's it's interesting right i think that first off when you take a look at the the knee jerk reaction from when it was said was right after the ssc and you know we saw some teams that had played in the ssc that were also playing for the lpl you saw some some brands like Bigatron, for example mm-hmm. um so i get where they're coming from you know their reaction was was interesting uh at the same time though that being said you know i i think i have to agree with uh team secrets um uh, uh, th- was it CEO? CEO, right? John, yeah. CEO, right? You know, because when I initially saw uh, the MSC, the, the their recent composition, right, the regional one, RSG and had two teams in Group A. Both the MY and SG teams were playing at the same time, and that was a that was a tongue twister for the casters. You know, imagine having to say RSG MY RSG SG three times fast. Yeah. Um That's pretty much you know the uh, that so they have been expanding so quickly, and they're always on the lookout for more and more talent. Right. It's very difficult to for them to to hit these nuanced spots i think you know i don't really fault them for it because they are expanding so quickly they, their player base is always growing so so rapidly you know they have high standards for production as well you know having talked mm. to some people in the industry i know that uh, moonton is very demanding for the standard that they want for their production and for their broadcast and so for these things yeah you know it, all's, all's going well i think that because they've been growing so quickly, they haven't been able to keep up in all aspects, which is why we've had this lapse come through. Um, I, th- I think it was a, a bad way that it was kind of represented when it came out. But, you know, it was they, they had, um, how would I put it, though? They, it was a bad way that it was represented, but I think they have some justification now that it's been expanded a little bit more on why they said said things the way they said things.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, the, I suppose the real question is here is, like, is it, like, financially viable for a team to just go all in? on one MLBB team, Um, and if if Moonton says, hey, because you're part of our our revenue model, you can't compete in any other esport with your brand, then obviously the first reaction is to want to have multiple teams under your brand in MLBB, because they have forced all your eggs into their basket. Um, so it's like, fuck, if I can't have my Singaporean MLBB team and a Malaysian Wild Rift team, then <laughs> I'm going to have to put them all in MLBB. What can I do? Um, but yeah, right. you don't want organizations playing against themselves. And so that just, it only ever adds to scrutiny. Um, and like you know it just brings in unwanted questions about integrity when they're playing against each other and loyalties you just you just don't really want it but um oh, yeah. and I think I saw a comment from like one of the Riot people involved in esports kind of taking a cheap shot saying like hey you can do whatever you want with us kind of thing but
1: <laughs> well Okay, so I think with, with the the model of MLBB, where it is right now, it's definitely not viable to to just rely solely on, on Mobile Legends. There's always too much variation and, and too much variety. Where I think this could kind of work is if you franchised it in a similar way to what Overwatch did, you know, where you had uh, regional-based teams that were under a specific, you know, organization, but when you looked at them as a roster, and said name, you know, it was like Shanghai Dragons or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, if they did it that way, I think that it could be a nice middle ground for the MSC. But that being said, uh, for for MLB. For, and that, but that being said, though, I know that Ton is pretty... They like the idea of exclusivity, even for their talent, right? Their on-screen, on-air broadcast talent. A lot of them are told to sign exclusive contracts, you know? Oh. And it kind of depends on the region that you're at. You know, it's not something that I would be down for personally. But I know that some talent do end up agreeing to it because the offers for them are good enough it's worthwhile and, and i can't i'm not gonna ex- go into detail about what their contracts are are kind of why not uh, build around well <laughs> well you know so they they offer pretty decent rates for if you sign an exclusive contract with oh. them but then that being said uh they have a lot of variation even with these exclusive contracts so like your favorite on-air talent might be gang shafted compared to somebody like somebody else's favorite talent you know there's a big disparity i think and without that kind of equality you know it, it doesn't make much sense for me to think that this is something that's viable long term it's just something that you're using uh, to kind of hold on to their talent better you know where other games or other broadcasts can't provide that level of frequency for for broadcasts or that level of exposure you know they make use of that and say that you guys have to stick with us um regardless of what we give you
0: yeah i mean i get it i mean most people really only cast one game anyway Like, not everybody is multi-game talented if i was a cast i'd probably try and get an exclusive contract at one place if it if it told me i was gonna get consistent work I, I think it makes a lot of sense slight correction before too i said that the steam deck has a two core four thread cpu it's four cores eight threads there just in case wow. Any pedantic nope. person is going <laughs> to double the course. <cost. laughs> I rated it. All right. Well, I think that's all the time we have today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Is there anyone you want to flame on the way out?
1: Flame on the way out? Yeah. Uh, I'm a positivity gamer. Yeah. You know, I, I, I signed up to the good luck, have fun pledge on Twitch. I don't have any toxicity jesus all
0: right yeah. well we'll flame bun um <laughs> i just bun he's the other one i really want to flame all <laughs> right thanks for listening to this this is like episode 16 Yuji will be back
1: next week goodbye say goodbye Grandin. give them closure goodbye thank you <laughs>